0: Lord, thank you so much for your faithfulness. Thank you so much for your goodness. Uh, Thank you for your grace in our life. Uh, Lord, we lift these prayers up to you. We lift our country up to you. But Lord, uh, the light is right here in the church. You have put your light in your people. So I pray we shine our light brightly and that we don't become critics of what's going on. That we become uh, encouragers so that people would turn to Jesus. And it's in your name we pray, amen. Give the person a high five next to you and have a seat. We getting ready to have some fun today. Okay, here's what we got. Today we have four of our campus pastors. Our campus pastor from here in Point Loma uh, was not uh, is not here by the way we want to welcome all our campuses, our online campus, microsites, San Diego City Heights, East County, San Marcos. Let's give all those people out there a big hand. God bless y'all. God bless y'all. But we have four of our campus pastors that are going to preach today, 7 minutes each. Can I get Amen? There's going to be a clock on the back screen. You'll see the clock going down. They're not going to go over seven minutes. as part of discipline. But this is part of their training. They all preach on their their individual campuses. But they got seven minutes. I can tell you seven minutes is harder than 30 minutes. It's got to be fast, high impact. What I want y'all to do is I want y'all to encourage them. OK. When I introduce them, I want you to stand up and cheer for them. When they make a good point, I want you to scream, shout, stand up, whatever. Fire these guys up. Let's all get into it. All the campuses, when your campus pastor comes up, Get on your feet and shout, but then you got to be quiet because he's going to start right away, okay. So you got to listen, okay. First up, first up is Pastor Micah from City Heights. Let's get Pastor Micah a big hand. Come on. Amen, 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 amen,
1: amen, amen. All right, God bless you all. Thank you, Jesus. It's the night of the Last Supper. Judas takes up to betray Jesus and Jesus has a conversation with the 11 disciples. He lets them know his assignment on earth is coming to an end and he must return to the Father. See, this news devastates his disciples. Their master, their teacher, their hero, the one who gave them hope, the one who gave them dignity and purpose is now leaving them. But Jesus lets them know it's going to be all right. And he comforts them with these words recorded in the gospel of John chapter 14. He says, if you love me, keep my commandments. And I will pray to the Father and he will give you another helper. That he may abide with you forever. He says, the spirit of truth who the world cannot receive. Because it neither knows him, neither sees him or knows him. But you know him because he dwells with you. And will be in you. He will be in you. For the next few moments, I'm going to talk about the indwelling presence of God. That's Holy Spirit. You see, Holy Spirit lives on the inside of every born-again believer in Jesus Christ. And when the Holy Spirit moves in, he brings the good stuff. <laughs> We're going to talk about some of that stuff right now. Point one, righteousness, peace, and joy. Romans chapter 14, verse 17. For the kingdom of God is not eating and drinking, but righteousness and peace and joy. And who? The Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit. Say righteousness. righteousness. It's his righteousness, not our righteousness. We can't be good enough. We can't measure up to God's righteousness. Without Jesus, we jacked up, y'all toe up from the flow up, broke down from the fro down, hot mess express. (laughs) Turn to your neighbor and say, he's talking about you right now. He's talking about. I'm talking about all of us. Without Jesus, we're lost. But because of what he's done, his sacrifice gave us the opportunity to be the righteousness of God in him. Come on, somebody. Peace. Peace. This word in the Greek is irene. Say irene. Irene. Not not shenene. (laughs) irene. Irene. You know, It's the Greek equivalent of the Hebrew word shalom. It means nothing broken, nothing lacking, no repairs needed. It means wholeness. It's that peace in the middle of the storm. It's that peace that it don't make sense, but you got it. It surpasses all understanding and guards your heart and your mind through Christ Jesus. That kind of peace. And, of course, joy. The joy of the Lord. You know, the Bible says that we have the capacity as believers to rejoice always. We can always be rejoicing. We have an unlimited supply of God's joy. It's supposed to abound. And if it doesn't abound, I don't want to be around. I'm just (laughs) telling you right. I ain't showing up. But here's the deal. The joy of the Lord. It should always be happening. Let's never be those individuals who walk around with a frown, a long face, I like they're chewing on lemon wedges and walking on sharp rocks. Good morning to you. Oh, what's so good about it? No, the joy of the Lord is your strength. Somebody shout joy. Point two, a victorious life. When the Holy Spirit moves in, he brings a victorious life. Now, I didn't say a storm-free life, a victorious life, because the storms of life will come. Trials and tribulations will come hmm But Jesus. But Jesus. The Bible says this in 1 John chapter 4. You are of God, little children, and have overcome them because he who is in you is greater than he who is in the world. You're an overcomer. The Bible says that victory lives in you. It says that triumph lives in you. You're more than a conqueror, always triumphant, always victorious. Somebody say victory. 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 Oh, yeah. Last but not least, the Holy Spirit moves in. He brings resurrection power. (laughs) Romans 8. But if the Spirit who raised Jesus from the dead dwells in you, He who raised Christ from the dead will also give life to your mortal body through his spirit who dwells in you. I did some studying on this. This word life is not eternal life, it it, it ain't the same word, y'all. Zoe is eternal life. This word is Zoapoejo. I'm not saying it again, I kind of messed it up. It's a five-syllable Greek word that means your physical life. He's going to bring life. He's going to invigorate you. Holy Spirit's on the inside to bring freedom, healing. He wants to eradicate darkness. He wants to bring some wholeness in your life. But you know what? It's not just for you. This power is for everyone around you. Holy Spirit on the inside wants to get out. He wants you to let him out. He wants you to let him out. There's people in your life that need the love of God, the power of God. Let him out. So this is who we have. I'm going to recap this right quick. Holy Spirit, when he moves in, he brings what? Righteousness, peace, and joy. He brings a victorious life and resurrection power. And resurrection power. Are you kidding me? Are you kidding me? It doesn't matter what life tries to throw at you. It is no match for the Holy Spirit. Uh huh. He's omnipotent. He's omnipotent unstoppable he's the chain breaker he's the way maker he's inexhaustible the almighty god undefeated unstoppable unshakable he's god almighty and he lives in you he lives in you he lives in you just let him out let him out somebody let him out somebody say
2: yeah
0: (laughs) amen come on now church City say St. San Marcos, Pastor Jason, Pastor Jason next. give Pastor Jason a big hand, come on now. Right,
3: I'm going to get real practical with you real quick. Without the presence of God, we are without hope. The question is, how do we sense more of his presence? How do we experience more of his presence? There's many ways that this can be done. I want to give you just one. When I was six years old, I got hit by a car. Yeah, I'm the, I'm the kid they warn you about when you're watching those, those videos in school, you know, when you cross the street, look both ways, right? Don't just run out in front of cars like Jason. Okay, that was me, I, that's what I did. I was throwing this tennis ball against the, the side apartment next to mine and the ball got loose running down the driveway. Now, mind you, this is the mid 80s, so I'm getting my Carl Lewis on, like, I got this. Like, I can get there before it gets to the street. Nope. I ran right out in front of a car. Next thing I knew, I, I woke up in a hospital bed. I hit that, that car hit me, took me down, My left foot got trapped between the tire and the road and dragged me for about 30 feet until it came to a stop. Major reconstructive surgery, they took muscle out of my back, skin from my hip, put it back in my foot, put me back together again. I spent the entire summer as a six-year-old in and out of hospitals recovering from those injuries. Of course, being in the hospital at six years old, my family was there with me. They took shifts, took turns to be with me. And I'll never forget one night, my grandfather, it was his turn to be with me. And my grandfather, he was my hero. He was the one I looked up to. My dad wasn't in the pictures, my mom and I. And for some reason that night, they thought it would be a good idea to change my IV. So they woke me up middle of the night, I'm disoriented, confused, I don't know what's going on. They, they wheeled me into this new room and I'll never forget this young nurse is there. And he grabbed the needle and he went to prepare my arm and he, and he stuck that needle in my wrist, my arm there to set the IV. Problem was he missed, he didn't, he didn't find the vein. And so he gathered himself, he tried again, he stuck me again with that needle again, couldn't find the vein. Again, he hit me that third time. Now, at this point, my eyes are watering a little bit right from the pain, but my grandpa is here, so I can't show him that I'm weak. I got to be tough. I got to be strong for him. And again, he stabs me and again and again and again. After about a dozen times, I can't bear it any longer. My eyes are watering from the pain. I'm sobbing. And I look to his face and I say, grandpa, it hurts. He immediately looked at that young nurse and said, if you get near him with that needle one more time, I'm going to stick it in your neck." God bless that young nurse. He put the needle down on the tray and walked out of the room. I assumed to change his pants. I don't know. About a minute later, the nurse, another nurse comes in, The sweet older lady and she picks up the needle, puts it on my arm. I don't feel a thing. She gets the IV set. You see, it, it broke my grandfather's heart to see me in pain there on that table. But it wasn't until I looked up and said his name that he acted on my behalf. Now, As much love as my grandfather had for me, it doesn't even compare to the unending, miserable, overwhelming, reckless love that God has for you and for me. As much power as my grandfather had to threaten that young man, it doesn't even come close to the one who spoke it all into existence, all that is seen is unseen, the creator of all the universe, the power and authority he has. But here's the thing, at times in our life, God's waiting to act on our behalf because he wants to know. Who is he to you? Is he Jesus? God who saves literally Yahweh brings salvation? If it is, if that's who he is to you, one of the simplest most powerful ways you can call upon his presence is simply say his name. Say it with me, church. Jesus. Ooh, come on, let's do that again. Jesus. Something shifts in the atmosphere when we say that name. There's power in that name. Acts 4.12 tells us that salvation is found in no one else, nor the name under heaven has been given to mankind by which we must be saved. Say his name again. Jesus. Come on campuses, I want to hear you all the way in Point Loma. What's his name? Jesus. You see, no matter what you're facing in life, you got to declare your name. Depression has to go when you say the name of Jesus. Fear, anxiety has to go when you say the name of Jesus. Sickness, disease, you have to go because I've got a God and his name is Jesus. But you're saying, you know, I, Jason, I don't know. I'm, you, you don't really know my problems. You don't know the giants I'm facing. And you're right. But I don't need to, because I know who my God is. And Paul told us the same thing. Apostle Paul in Ephesians chapter two, verses nine through eleven, he says that God, God has highly exalted him. He's given him the name above all names. That at the name of Jesus, every knee will bow in heaven, on earth, and under the earth. Every tongue will confess that he is Lord, Jesus Christ, the glory of God the Father. And so what I'm saying to you, family, is that if you can put a name to it, it must bow. It is subject to the name of Jesus. Depression, poverty, lack, broken hearts, it must bow to the name of Jesus. Did you hear what I'm saying? If you can name it, Jesus tamed it. His name is above every name. Are you feeling lost and confused? He's the mighty and wonderful counselor. You're, you're Prince of Peace. What's his name? Jesus. Come on, we got to say it loud and that like we believe it. What's his name? Jesus. Are you alone in the dark, not sure where to go? He is a bright and morning star. He is the light of the world. What is his name? Jesus. Come on, we got to say it like we mean it. Let's shake heavens with our cry. What's his name? Jesus. You're under attack, under persecution. He's your strong and mighty fortress. He is the rock upon which we stand. What's his name? Jesus. I feel like faith is starting to rise in this place a little bit. Can we do that again, church? Jesus. Come on, one more time. Say it like you mean it. Say it like you want to shake heavens with his power. You look at your problems, you look at what's happening in your life, and you say, I can see you, but my God is greater than you, and you must bow down to his name. And so the next time you find yourself on your back, you're tired, you're confused, the weight of the world is crashing down upon you, those fiery darts just keep coming at you from the left and from the right. Everyone turns their backs on you, has run from you, no one wants anything to do with you. And you're saying, to yourself, I, I don't know how I'm going to make it another step. Is there anybody that even knows what's going on and even knows the pain and the depths of my heart right now. And you find yourself in that place. You stop. And you look up. And you see his face. And you declare with your mouth his name. What's his name? And in that moment, be reminded not only is he with you, but he's always been with you, and he always will be with you. Come Amen.
0: Come on, church. Say Jesus. Say Jesus. Say Pastor Greg. <laughs> Come on, baby. Come on. <laughs> Woo!
4: All right. Hey, you guys ready? Hey, we're going all gas and no brakes. So put your Holy Spirit seatbelts on because we're about to go to the next level. Y'all ready? We've been in a series called The Presence of God. Everybody say The Presence of God. And that word presence in the Hebrew means face. Everybody say face. Today, I'm going to give you an acronym to anchor your spirit and your heart into being in the presence of God. So whenever you start getting out of bounds or you start moving in the flesh, you can acknowledge this acronym in your walk and journey with the Lord and you will be face to face and continually start to be face to face with God. Can I get amen? Amen. All right, the first letter is F, everybody say faithfully. Faithfully. F stands for faithfully. The Bible says that I will betroth you to me in faithfulness and you shall know that I am the Lord. This is Hosea 2.20, okay? Be faithful to him. When you're faithful unto God, Jesus was faithful unto God's mission on his life. So much so that he was raising the dead. He was casting out demons. People were being healed. And people came against him and said, oh, it is by Beelzebub that you do this. Beelzebub in the Bible is called Lord of the Flies. Let me tell you something. When you're full of the Holy Spirit and you're full of passion and fire, flies don't land on a hot stove. Flies don't land on a hot stove. Listen, Jesus Christ never lived, okay? He never reacted to the devil. He lived in response to the Father. Can I get an amen? Amen. And when God calls you to be faithful, okay, when God calls you to be faithful, you will continually grow close to him and be in the presence of God, be in the face of God. Everybody say F for faithfulness. Okay, next letter is A. A for acknowledge. Everybody say acknowledge. acknowledge. In all your ways, acknowledge him and he shall direct your paths. Proverbs 3, 6. Ooh, that's a good one. You direct your path. okay? The more you keep acknowledging God in your walk, and the more you keep acknowledging him in your problems. But, but Pastor Greg, you know, you don't know the problems I have. You don't know what's going on in my life. Let me tell you something, okay? Let me tell you something really clear. God came up with the answer way before the devil came up with the problem. Okay? And if you believe in that, say amen. amen. Okay? And if you don't believe me, look in Genesis 1. In the beginning, God. God was way before the devil, and he has way more authority, way more power. There's way more freedom in the name of Jesus. Can I get amen? Amen. Next next letter is C. C stands for Christ. Everybody say Christ. Christ. And you you are complete in him who is the head of all principality and power. Colossians 2.10 says that. God is head of everything. He's head of everything. He's head of all things. And the Bible says that. Oh, you know what, Pastor Greg? I deal with too many things, and I'm too bad. God wouldn't forgive me. I'm too bad. Listen, God, Jesus Christ didn't die, okay, to make bad people good. He died to make dead people live. And when you come alive alive in Christ, and you know in your heart and your mind that Jesus Christ died for you to live, you will walk around with a spirit of freedom. You will walk around like Lazarus. You will walk around because the spirit of the living God has resurrected your life. Okay, and the the last letter is E, it's it's every day. Say every day. day. Now look to your neighbor, say er day. Every day you got to acknowledge Christ. Every day you got to acknowledge him, what he's doing in your life. Every day you got to say out his name, okay. Every day you got to tell him, say, Lord, I love you so much. I love what you're doing in my life. And I praise you, God, because you are so faithful. You are so worthy, okay. A lot of people come to church and they want an experience, Okay, they just, they, just come, they just come just for an experience. And listen, don't get me wrong, experience is great, but it's, experience is memorable, okay? But encounter, when you come for an encounter, encounter is transformative. When you come for an encounter with Jesus Christ, you will be transformed. If you want reference in the Bible, see Saul to Paul the apostle. He had an encounter with Jesus Christ, and he was never the same. Okay, so let's repeat this. F stands for what? Faithful. Okay, faithfully, A stands for what? No. C stands for what? And E stands for what? Okay, now say it with me. Faithfully acknowledge Christ every day. Faithfully acknowledge Christ. Christ, every day faithfully acknowledge Christ. Come on! Every day faithfully acknowledge Christ. When you faithfully acknowledge Christ every day in your situation, you, okay, you bring in the presence of God. You are face to face with God. The Bible says that Moses knew God face to face. Imagine what that feels like. Imagine that you could be face to face with the living God every single day, okay? When your heart is being sideways and you start getting on Smack Lift Street. You know Smack Lift Street. Man, I can't believe that, man. Man, I can't believe, man. Pastor Miles, man. You get on Smack Lift Street instead of being on Holy Spirit Lane. When you're parked, your heart is anchored in that space, okay? When your mind is anchored in that space, okay? Instead of your heart being sideways, you can faithfully acknowledge Christ every day. Faithfully acknowledge Christ every day. Faithfully acknowledge Christ every day. You can faithfully acknowledge him. Okay? San Marcos, you can faithfully acknowledge him. East County, you can faithfully acknowledge him. City Heights, you can faithfully acknowledge him. Saint Cedro, you can faithfully online, you can faithfully acknowledge him. Microsites, you can faithfully acknowledge him. Every single day. Every single day. You got your girlfriends coming like, oh, I don't like her, girl. Look at her jeans. I can't believe she wore them jeans to work today. Oh, girl. Okay? But you can faithfully acknowledge Christ in that situation. You may be the person that's getting the gossip, but you're going to faithfully acknowledge Christ and bring light to the dark. The Bible says that darkness can't dwell where light's at. Can I get amen? Okay? So when you are in a situation and the enemy's trying to lure you into a place of gossip, slander, backbiting, Okay? And she said, you know what? I'm gonna faithfully acknowledge Christ every day. Say it with me. Faithfully acknowledge Christ every day. Now say it like you mean it. Faithfully Faithfully acknowledge Christ every day. Faithfully acknowledge Christ every day. At that anchor in your spirit, let that anchor in your mind. As the Bible says in Romans, okay, you will renew your mind, you will renew your heart, and God will take you to places that you ain't never been. He will help you heal people that they need healing. He will allow you to de- declare light on people that need light. God has an incredible plan for your life. It's time to faithfully acknowledge Christ every day and step into the promise. Come on, family, raise up to your feet. Campuses, get on your feet. Michael Microsites, get on your feet. St. Steve go get on your feet. Father, we thank you for what you're doing. We give you glory and honor in this place, and we love you. Give the Lord a shout of 10 praise.
0: Fire! Saint Jesus! Saint Travis! (laughs) Pastor Travis from San Sejo. What's up, my church?
2: What's happening, Rob family? Hey, good to see everybody. I'm going to get right into it. Uh, I got about seven minutes. So I'm going to go fast, just like the other fellas did. I remember six years ago, this month, June, when my wife walked down uh, the aisle. We just celebrated six years married, 10 years together. I'll never forget it. I remember the moment when the doors opened up because there was a perfect little setting. The sun came through, blinded me with all of her glory and goodness. It still is good, by the way, all her glory. She had this beautiful dress on. It took about 30 seconds until I could fully see what was happening. And everybody stood in attention because you don't got to tell everybody. When the bride's coming down, you stand up. Come on, somebody. When the bride comes down, you stand up. Whether the preacher tells you or not, you get up in reverence for the bride. And she's coming down. And then I was moved to emotion. Got a little teary-eyed in there. And how many you know when, the, when guys cry, you don't know if they're sad or they're sick. It's kind of, <clears throat> is it allergies, bro? <laughs> you got allergies? What's happening, man? I had a little bit of that. But something happened that, that, that was strange for me. First time and only time getting married. Up there, everybody looked towards me. I was emotional. They all wanted to see the impact of her presence on my life in that moment. I want to bring a word today, a quick word, called the impact of his presence. Everybody say Impact. The impact of his presence. I'm going to be reading out of Acts chapter 4. You can turn with me there. Acts chapter 4. It's in the New Testament. The story takes place shortly after the resurrection. It's the beginning of the first church, the early church. And John and Peter are making their way into the temple. At the gates they see a man who's begging, who's crippled. He's been crippled for 40 years his whole life. And he reaches out looking for gold and silver. Peter Peter says, we don't have that. But this I have in Jesus' name be healed. People all over the place saw it. They, they, there was crowds forming. The scripture says 5,000 people came. They gave a word. They gave the gospel. And 5,000 people became the church right there in the midst of Peter and John. The religious people, the, the religious rulers, they, they, they didn't like that. They hated that it was a public declaration of Jesus. So they took Peter. They took John. They threw him into jail overnight. They brought him out the next day for questioning. And that's where we pick up in verse 5. Here's what it says. The next day the rulers, the elders, and the teachers of the law met in Jerusalem. Annas the high priest was there and so was Caiaphas, John, Alexander and others of the high priest's family. They had Peter and John brought before them and began to question them. Watch this, by what power and what name did you do this? Then Peter, filled with the presence of God, filled with the Holy Spirit, said to them, rulers and elders of the people, if we're being called to account today for an act of kindness shown to a man who was lame and are being asked how he was healed, then know this, you and all the people of Israel, it's by the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, whom crucified, whom you crucified, whom God raised from the dead, that this man stands before you healed. Jesus is the stone you builders rejected, which has become the cornerstone salvation is found in no one else, for there is no other name under heaven given to mankind by which we must be saved. And take a look at verse 13, when they saw the courage, when they saw the boldness of Peter and John, and when they realized that they were regular dudes, they were unschooled, they were, they, were, they were regular people, they weren't the professionals, they weren't the pastors, when they saw they were regular men, they were astonished and they took note that they had been with Jesus. I want to give you three points, the first thing is this. Here's the first point, the impact of his presence affects the impact of the people. The impact of his presence affects the impact of the people. Peter speaks and a man gets healed. He's been lame for 40 years. He was a regular dude. He was an ordinary guy. But he spoke and a man that had been crippled, lame, for 40 years is healed in the name of Jesus. Two unschooled men gave a message. It was probably one of their first messages. They got up there in front of all these people, thousands of people, a room bigger than this. More people than you see here, maybe than all of our campuses. Got up and they said a word about Jesus, 5,000 believed. One message became one mega church just like that. Just like that. The impact of his presence affects the impact of the people. Number two, the impact of of his presence affects the impact of the power. The impact of his presence affects the impact of the power. They said, by what power and by what name? Here's what they said. We know you can't do this on your own, Peter. John, we know this isn't who you are. You don't have the power, the ability. You don't have the name, the credibility. How how many know that when God calls you to do something that is beyond you, which by the way is most of the time, and the enemy comes and whispers into your, your ear, who do you think you are? By what name? I know what you did last weekend. By what credibility? You have no credit here. We can stand in front of the enemy and say, get behind me, Satan. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. By what power? By what name? The name that is above all names, Jesus' name. The impact of his presence affects the impact of the power. Here's the third point. The impact of the presence of God in your life affects the impact of the purpose for your life. Ooh, I like that one. I like that one, I don't know if you like it, I like it. The impact of the presence of God in your life affects the impact of the purpose for your life. Just three years before this took place, these men had a job. They probably liked their job. They were fishermen. Don't bother me. I'm not going to bother you. I'm just getting some fish. It's all good. Jesus comes up and says, I want you to quit what you're doing. Quit your job, Peter. I want you to stop fishing for fish. I'm going to change you and give you a new purpose. You're going to begin fishing for men. I'm going to give you a, a new way of life. These men had spent three years in the presence of God himself, Jesus, and everything about them changed. Here's the big idea. In the presence of God, everything changes. In the presence of God, everything changes. Here's how. Here's how 2 Corinthians says it in, in chapter 5, verse 17. I'm going to go fast. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, the new creation has come. Old has gone, new has come. Old has passed, old ways are, are finished, new things have come. In the presence of God, everything changes. I'll finish it with this thought, and we're going to pray. Sometimes we go, everything, God, everything, everything changes. Are you going to do it all at once? Because I don't know if I'm ready, God. Everything, everything. Well, here, here's a question for you, church. Here's a question for you, campuses. What's the one thing that means everything? And if God were to fall on it, it would just change your life forever. Think about that right now. What's the one thing that means everything? And if the presence of God would fall on it, it would change your life forever. You got it? What's the one thing? Think about it right now. Everybody hold up your finger like this. The one. What's the one thing? Because here's the deal. Everybody has one thing. Everybody, look up here. Everybody has one thing. What's the one thing if God's presence would fall would mean everything for you. I'm gonna pray for you, let's lift it up right now. Lord, we pray that you would take this one thing we lift it up to you. We believe that you have the power and the authority and the word for us, Lord. Would you take the one thing, that the broken relationship, the marriage that's on the rocks, the pain in our hearts, the depression, the anxiety, the, the breakthrough in the job, the breakthrough in the finances, God. It's the one thing. If you would move, God, it would mean everything, God. We lift it to you and we ask you to do what only you can do in the name that has the power, in the name that is above all names, Jesus' name. And everybody said amen, amen, amen. Let's give Him five seconds of praise. Come on, church. Five seconds praise, amen. Let's sit back down, because we got to keep praying. And here's the deal, today we heard so much great information about the presence of God, the, the power in the name, the face of God, the indwelling presence of the Holy Spirit the impact that God makes in our life. But we don't want to go any further without giving somebody or everybody an opportunity to meet Jesus. Because there's a difference between knowing about him and being with him. And so you haven't been with him, we want to make sure you know him today. And so all of our locations, online, everywhere where you are, if you feel God calling you right now, and he's saying, I just want to be close to you, I want you to be in my presence. I want to change your life. I want to move in your relationship. I just want you to pray this prayer. And maybe you know who God is, but you've been distanced from, from, from him and he's calling you today. Just, just come back to me. Today, it just makes sense to you. If that's you, if you're, you're sitting here, if you're one of our locations, you're watching online, I just want you to pray this prayer in the quiet of your heart. Pray, dear God, I love you. And Jesus, I believe that you are who you say you are. You live the perfect life for me so that I can believe in you and receive everlasting life. I admit that I'm a sinner and I'm in need of a Savior. I admit that this first step is to acknowledge that I sin and I fail and I stumble. But Lord, you're going to give me a new life. I'm a new creation in you today. I confess now that you are Lord of my life. Take over. Holy Spirit, fill me with a new mind, a new heart, new spirit, new everything. All things are made new in your name, Jesus. As everybody's eyes are closed, your heads are bowed, at all of our locations, in a minute I'm going to ask you to stand on the count of three. And by standing today you're saying, Satan, not today. You have no authority in my life. Jesus, take over my life. I'm standing in boldness in courage and strength because everything is new. Old has passed. New things have come today because of Jesus. And if that's your prayer, on the count of three, I want you to stand in boldness. And if you have someone with you, grab their hand, stand with them on the count of three. One, two, three three